Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. So we're currently in the middle of a series which Gideon started last week called Heart for the House. And it's the time where we're really highlighting some of the core values of our church and of our community. And these are core values, not that we're not achieving, that we're not doing, but these are core, core values that we are actually living out, but we want to grow in them. And I really want to encourage people, as you hear these core values that we share about each week, that, that if they're not your core values, if you're new to this church or even if you're visiting, then I invite you to hold these core values up against yours and consider what it might look like to adopt these. These are core values that our church is walking in, but we want to grow in. Is that okay? I mean, most people were here tonight because they saw an element of fruit in someone's life who came to this church. Am I right? Most people here because they saw a fruit on someone's life who was somehow connected with this church. And what we're highlighting, what we're talking about is at the core of those fruits, the things that make this church our church and the things that make this community our community. So I encourage you, if these aren't your core values, then, then hold them up against yours and ask yourself the question if you wanna take ownership of these because everything changes when you take ownership. So tonight, as Gideon spoke about this morning, I'm going to also speak on generosity. And, but there's a lot of factors about generosity that I don't feel like we quite consider or think about. I remember I was, uh, a few years ago, someone was giving a teaching on boundaries and they taught us how to understand what your boundaries are. And I began to see I had a certain, like there's a common denominator of people that I would keep distant from. And, and I, I looked at what was that boundary? What was that thing I was trying to avoid? Or what was that thing that I'd welcome people into my life if I saw them walking with this particular thing? And I realised it was generosity. And I thought it was pretty interesting to have a boundary of like, I don't want you to be close to my life if you're not generous. Like I was like, is that selfish? Like, what is that? But then over the last few years, I've come to understand the real nature of generosity and more to the point, the nature of selfishness or stinginess, the opposite of generosity. And I want you to know that, that selfishness is scary. It's really serious. Selfishness will end a marriage. And stinginess will end a relationship. But generosity builds. And so I began to go on this journey of learning the importance of generosity that, that I began to see that there isn't anyone close to me in my life who's not generous because I understand the value of it, that all my relationships around me are growing because they're with generous people. Getting read the scripture this morning that, that the worlds of the stingy get smaller and smaller because they cut off every relationship. They cut off marriages, but a generous person will grow. Their life will grow. So generosity isn't about just having money and giving money, but living an abundant life. <coughs> so, as, sorry. so as I talk about generosity, I want you to, to not think about just money specifically, but I want, to, want you to think about the person you're walking this life out as. I'm not talking about who you are in Christ. We know in Christ that you're generous. That is the default nature of the gospel. The gospel is life was laid down for you and the invitation is you be generous back and lay your life down for those around you. So we know that's your identity. We know that's who you are, but we're talking about who you're walking this life out as. What are the decisions you're making? This is not a talk about money, but I am gonna talk about money. 
Money is an expression of generosity. It is a pretty accurate expression of how generous you are. But it's not the highest thing and it's not the point. I want you guys to understand the point of this message is the life you're walking out, the life you're creating, the life, the life that God's called you to be and are you walking in that? This is about your identity, your future, your family, your legacy, the wake that you're leaving behind you. I, I had this picture when I first became a Christian of just, a, I just realised like I'm just a boat going through water, I'm leaving a wake and it's my choice about what sort of wake I'm going to leave. And each person in here, you're leaving a wake behind you. But I ask you the question tonight, what sort of wake are you leaving? Is it a wake of stinginess? Of a world that gets smaller and smaller, relationships that end, that end, that end, that end, and then it's only you? Or are you living a wake that's generous, that's growing, that relationships are growing around you, you are growing? What is the wake that you're leaving behind you? What is your life sowing? What is your life sowing? More importantly, or more specifically, are you sowing generously or are you sowing sparingly? Your identity is generous, it is your nature, but are you walking in line with that generosity or partnering with stinginess? So generosity is a core value of this church, but it's something as we grow as a church, we each need to grow in there. Regardless of how well you're managing generosity in this season, if you're going to want to manage it well in the next season, you're going to have to improve. So what is generosity? Uh, I, see, I, I hear the word thrown out a lot, but I feel like it's not fully understood. That, 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 that we often think that if someone gives someone an Audi, we say that's generous. If someone gives someone $10,000, we say that's generous. But I actually don't think that's generous. It could be. It could be received generously. It could be received gratefully. But that is not the definitive of what generous actually is. Generosity is not the act of giving. It's how you give. It's in the context in which you give because generosity is not an amount, it's a proportion. Generosity is not an amount, it's a proportion. At this stage in my life with the type of monies I'm managing and stewarding, if I were to give someone two, three thousand dollars, that would be generous. That would be generous. If I brought you a new car for three thousand dollars, that would be generous. But if you're a millionaire and the only thing you gave away this year was $3,000 to someone, you're probably walking in stinginess. Does that make sense? Same gift, one generous, one stingy. So generosity is not an amount, but a proportion. And one of the, one of the really powerful things about, you can tell if a gift is generous, is if, is if the giver cries. <laughs> <laughs> I've been privileged to have, to have been in many situations and moments where I've given gift and seen, seen the other person cry. And, and that's really awesome. And, and I've received gifts where I've cried, but that's not necessarily because the gift was generous. But when the giver cries, you know it's generous because it costs them something. Generosity is not the act of giving, but instead how you give, the context in which you give, because generosity is not an amount but a proportion. In the Bible, in the Gospel of Mark, it says in chapter 12, verse 41 to 44, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put in and he watched 
He watched the crowd put their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, he called them in, he said, guys, pay attention to this one. This poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all of the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, putting in everything, all she had to live on. Jesus stood there with his disciples and he said, did you see what happened? Were you looking at the outward appearance? Were you looking at what man sees? Or did you see what God sees? Did you see the heart that just gave that? She gave a gift that could have fell on the floor and someone may not have picked it up because it wasn't worth it. But Jesus said she gave more. And so if you're in this place, I want you to understand that even if you're stewarding $1,000 in your bank and all you can give is $10 or all you can give is $50, that that $50 can be generous. That $50 can count. This woman gave something that was so negligible it could have disappeared into thin air and no one would have thought twice, yet her story is told worldwide ever since. Your two copper coins. What you have to offer, it's not up to you to decide how influential that is, but God gets to decide when you place it in His hands. This poor widow has put in more than the others. 1 Samuel 16 verse 17. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He looks at the heart of the matter. <clears throat> so, um, in this church, uh, a lot of our members give to this church. Where a lot of our members tithe 10% of their income and some of our other people who come here, they just give as they feel led and however that goes. But there's a couple of people in our church who knows all about the monies that goes on in here. Other than that, no one else knows because it actually takes a massive level of maturity to be able to see how much your community gives. Like if you were in here and you could see on everyone's head how much they gave, how generous they were, and you didn't treat them differently, I would say you're doing awesome. But for the majority of us, we, we would probably struggle with some of that. When, when, we, when we strive, when we serve, and when we give our best and we see someone not, that's a challenge. But there are two people who are extremely mature and they oversee the money in this church, where it goes and they know everything. And I haven't seen it, but, but I, I would have a fair guess to say there's probably a spreadsheet in there at some point. And that spreadsheet's probably got giving numbers beside it, Every year they'll have an annual count up and beside the giving number will be how much that person has given that year. And maybe at some point that, that, that spreadsheet's probably put in numerical order with, with the most at the top and the least at the bottom. Now what I want you guys to know is that this list, whilst it is a indicator of the generosity certain people are walking in in this church, that list will tell you more about people's income and increase that year than how generous they are. Remember, remember the illustration, the Lord looks at the heart, man looks at the outward appearance. People look at the, the, the wealthy putting in much, they, but the Lord looks at the, the widow putting in two copper coins at the bottom of that list and says, she gave more. And so if you took that list and then you then adjusted it instead of that, that amount that they gave, you changed that into a percentage of how much was given versus their increase that year. Now you're starting to see a bit more what God sees. Now you're starting to see a bit more of his heart. You're starting to see a bit more of generosity. This isn't the highest indicator of generosity. Please don't think that you should only be giving to church. 
That, that's not what I'm saying. I really don't want you to think the highest goal is to give the most in church, to be the most generous in person in church. I hope your world's bigger than that. I hope you're willing to sow outside of here into your friends, into your family, into com- your community. But I want you to understand that, that that is a picture that God sees, but it's so easy for us to look at that and think my contribution doesn't count. And so maybe I'm not gonna give it. And it's equally easy for those, and, and each of us will have been in a context at some point where we had the most and we were giving the most and we felt a sense of significance that we are generous, but God's seeing our heart and He's like, you actually gave the least. And, and there are times when we're gonna be giving the most and there are times that we're gonna be giving the least. But the most important thing which Gideon said this morning, he said he was talking about people giving thousands of dollars, but then he stopped and he said, you may not be able to give that. But this isn't about you giving the most, this is about your relationship with God. And this talk tonight is about generosity, what sort of life you're living, what sort of wake you're leaving. And I wanna ask you the question, are you leaving a generous wake? Or a stingy one? Are you, leaving a, are you leaving a history that is growing, that is expanding, or is your world shrinking? You want to live a generous life. Can someone say, I want to be generous? I want to be generous. Proverbs 11 verse 24 and 25 says, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. That doesn't mean you're going to get money straight back next week. But one person gives freely, yet gains even more. It's not money straight back, but it's an abundant life. It may come in the form of a friend, a blessing, an encouragement. You don't buy encouragement, but it's just how it works. You sow, you reap. You sow generously, you reap the kingdom of heaven. A generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But a person who withholds will come to poverty. Stinginess will precede poverty. One of my favourite verses, Proverbs 28 verse 22 says, the stingy are eager to get rich, unaware that poverty awaits them. And I remember when I first read this, I was like, you know, you know when people say things and you're like, that's awesome, like I don't understand it. I used to listen to this guy, Bill Johnson, a lot in the school I went to. He'd say some things, I'm like, that's so cool, but I do not understand how that affects my life, so I'd write it down and I'd work it out later. And this is one of those times I read the Scripture, I'm like, that's so powerful, but I don't get it. And it says, the stingy are eager to get rich, but they're unaware poverty awaits them. That's something I took note of, they're unaware. That means they're deceived, which means I could be deceived. <laughs> the stingy are eager to get rich, unaware that poverty awaits them. And I didn't understand that until, until, I, until I understood what poverty was. And poverty isn't a certain amount of money. You have, may have more money than me, but you could be poor. I could have more money than you, but I could be poorer than you. Because poverty isn't an amount of money in a bank account, it's a spirit and it's a mindset. They did this uh, study and I'll never forget when I heard it, it was said um, that they looked at two groups of people. One group of people had made a million, lost a million and then had made a million again in their lifetime. And then they looked at a group of people who had never made a million dollars. And the main common denominator they saw that differentiated the two groups was the people who never made a million felt like they were only wealthy when they had money. But the people who made a million over and over believed they were wealthy whether they had money or not. You see, poverty is not a sum of money, but it's a mindset and it's a spirit. 
You can, you can be stingy, you can, you can not tithe and you can not give and you can put that 10% into a term deposit and take it out in five years' time and you're going to have a bunch of money. But the price you pay to get there and to get that money may be to close your heart and to become poor. And you may hold on to that money by that point, but you're going to really struggle to distribute it because you would have closed off your heart to giving, to generosity. It's never easy to give than now. It's never easy to be generous than now. More money is just harder to give if you can't give little money. <laughs> it's easy to look at the outward appearance, the total figure, the face value, but the Lord sees the heart because how we give in context is more important to how much we give. Now, I told you at the start, this talk was not about money and I'm, I'm a man of my word, but I'm talking about money. It's not about money. This is talk about your identity, who you are, who you're becoming, who you want to become. And when dealing with this topic of generosity, money is one of the most simple and easy ways to communicate our relationship with generosity, our partnership with generosity. Because you'll never meet a generous person who is not generous with their finances. You see, time is a gift from God. Time is a gift from God. It's, it's the life that He's given you. He's given you a life and, and it's within time that we live that life out. And the way it works for at least most of us here is, is you go to your boss and your boss says, I'll give you 150 bucks for eight hours of your time. And, and eight are the best hours of the day for most people. And you say, sure. And so in that moment, you sell part of your life for money. You change, you transact part of your life for money. You hand over eight hours of your life in return for money. And just a little side note, what some people do is that the way they spend money, they, they either spend in such a way that they don't have any self-control or they spend in such a way that all they're trying to do is achieve significance within a community. So they're trying to keep up with every and every trend and they spend money in such a way that everything that they earn, they have to spend straight away. So in doing so, they put their life in bondage to their, their lack of self-control or their attempt to remain in community and they end up selling their life for something far shorter than what God has wanted for them. Thanks, mate. So it's like, it's like the same way we have gas and liquid. We have money and we have time and we transfer the two. So you can choose to sell some of your time directly and earn some money in a job or you can choose to, to indirectly do it by, by studying, by investing some time into something that's gonna allow you to earn more money for less time. But either way, you transact. And even if someone gave you a bunch of money, they sold some of their life for that money. And each one of us young adults and youth need to go through that process of realising our parents who we really struggle with because they'd never give us enough actually have given up a whole chunk of their life for you. Yeah. And yet they're the hardest people to honour. And they probably get the smallest present each year. <laughs> then I've done it and I do it. <laughs> it's hard. It really is. But we're a generous people. And we're a generous church. And God's calling us to grow in that. If someone gives you money, they're giving you part of their life. They laid down their life for that. 
They gave up their, their time, they gave up their life to acquire that money and they handed it over to you. They gave over part of your life. This isn't a talk about money, this is a talk about your life. But money is a representation of your life because the way you spend your money is the way you are spending your life. Or someone else's. Does the worship band want to come up? The life we live is a gift that's been freely given. The life we live is a gift that's been freely given and we are called as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ to freely give, to be a generous people. That's who he's made us to be. Our journey is walking that out amidst all our day-to-day struggles of for some paying rent, for some buying the latest iPhone, for some some trying to buy a car that's because your last one broke down. Like I understand the day-to-day journey, but that doesn't change your identity. It doesn't change who you are through the process and it doesn't change who He's, who he's conforming and shaping you into. And that is Jesus. Jesus cares what you do with your money because it's a representation of your life and He cares about your life. My question for you is, what are you living your life for? Or what are you laying it down for? What are you giving up your life for? Do you want to live your life with the primary goal of keeping up with social trends, social expectations and things of this world in order to fit in and feel significant? Or do you want to live a life that expands the kingdom of heaven and see people set free because a generous person, their world expands because the kingdom expands. When you give, there's expansion. When you give and you sow into someone's heart, their heart expands. Something happens in there. The gospel is generous. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave His best. He was generous. It doesn't say for God so loved the world that He gave the last of His scraps. But He gave His first, He gave His beloved, He gave His best, He gave His Son to us. That is the Gospel. And that is what we have walked into. If you haven't accepted the Gospel, then that's another question, but I will invite you. Get in, read this uh, lyrics out from a song this morning. And it was powerful. And the Gospel is such a great gift that it demands your soul. That is such a generous and lavish gift to lay down your best. That to partner with it requires your best. And it's no coincidence that in 1 John, in the exact same chapter and verse 3.16, it says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Part of that is working for hours, for money, and then handing it over. That is an expression of laying down your life. That is an expression of generosity. And I want every person here to know what it is to experience generosity, to experience the joy of giving more than what what your financial advisor would say to experience the joy of giving lavishly of your time, of your money, of your skills, of your emotion. Going up to someone and asking them how are they doing and actually caring and actually paying attention and staying engaged even if they're rambling. But giving of your time that you would know what it would to to have a generous life, to see the world around you expand 
with love, with passion, with purpose. But this comes as you partner with and as you steward generosity. I'm just gonna bring it to a close there, but I know we have a lot of visitors here tonight. And I just really wanted to give an invitation that if you're in here and you've just been walking a journey of, of, of trying to hold on to things, trying to fight your own way the whole way, trying to just make ends meet, whether it's with friends, family, house, future, purpose. I wanna invite you to, to, to lay it all down, to receive the gospel tonight, to receive the gospel that is, that, that is you are created, you are created with a purpose, that you, you are predestined from the beginning of time to live a life looking like, not just looking like, but walking out this life as Jesus has made you to be. Generous, loving, caring, compassionate, passionate, full of life, thriving. You're gonna still be upset in moments. You're gonna still face disappointment. But through that, you rise again. You rise again because the resurrected one lives in you. And so if you're in this place and you don't know what it is to live a generous life that you came here and initially thought he's talking about money, he wants my money, but then something awoken in your spirit when I began to speak and you start to feel there's something on these words. I wanna encourage you, that's the Holy Spirit. And I wanna invite you in this place if you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, then I invite you to make that decision tonight. So I'm just gonna ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads if you're comfortable. And I'm just going to put an invitation out there. I don't know your journey, but Jesus does. I don't know what you're up to today, but He was there. He knows you. He loves you. We saw six people who came to a point where they said, enough is enough. I'm stepping out the boat. I'm giving up my way and, and, I'm, and I'm stepping into His way, the way He created me to. And so if you're in this place, I just encourage you right now, just, just to raise your hand. I'm just going to see it. I'm going to bless it and you can put it back down. So if that's you in this place and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, but you want to give your life to Him tonight, I see that hand there. Bless you. Front right. Anyone else? You're in here and you've come to the point where you've, you know you've gone, after, you've gone after the friendships, you've gone after the significance, you've gone after the job, you've gone after the guy or girl, and you've hit a point where you realise, ah, there's actually nothing in it and you realise you have a purpose that is more than that, I want to let you know that your purpose is found in Jesus. And so just one more moment, I'm just going to offer it out there. Yeah, God bless you. I see your hand there. If there's anyone else, just raise your hand now. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we're just going to take a moment and we're just going to pray with these people. So if you raised your hand, I'm just going to... Um, I'm just going to say out a prayer and I encourage you to follow me. If you uh, didn't raise your hand, I encourage you to say out the prayer as well. It's good to learn what it looks like to actually lead someone to the Lord. There's no magic in these words, but it's about the heart. Jesus said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. So we're just going to pray and I just ask you to join along me, especially if you raise your hand. Yeah, God, I just repent. You can pray after me. God, I repent of my past life, my past sins, and my past ways. I lay them down for you. I give my past to you. And I take hold of my future 
that is in you. That I believe in you. I believe that you are the Son of God and that you died and rose again for me. And that at the end of time, I will rise again to be with you in heaven. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Come into my life. May you lead me, guide me, be in charge of my life as I discover who Jesus has made me to be. Amen. Amen. Why don't we celebrate that? Come on. Come on. Yes, I'm just going to pray really quickly because I just really felt like there are people in this room who that message of generosity really hit you. (laughs) Um, And if it did, you know, and either you're wrestling, been wrestling with stinginess and you're like, I'm sick of that. I'm sick of my world being so small and I want out. I want my world to get bigger. I want to know what these people know who, who give so much of their, their, their earnings each year to people around them, to the church, to their community. I want to know what that's like. So I'm just quickly going to pray. Feel free to just close your eyes if you're comfortable. Holy Spirit, I just pray for every spirit and every soul in this room that they would get a sense and a taste and a touch of what a generous life looks like that they would be so passionate and willing to discover what that looks like. They're willing to let go of any stinginess, any selfishness in the name of Jesus. And they would partner with the spirit of generosity. They would partner with the gospel. They would partner with the, the life that God has given them. I just pray that blessing over every person, that if you're dealing with, with lack, lack in every area, I break that off in the name of Jesus and I renew your mind to be able to see the abundance God has placed in your hand and the generosity He has placed in your heart. So God, I just pray you bless every person in here in the name of Jesus. Amen.